When you're a, a small local um, restaurant and you're putting out great pictures of your food, they expect to come in and, and eat the same pizza or the same burger that you're showing on on Facebook. So if they come in and you're showing uh, you know, a great looking pizza with 50 pepperonis or whatever it may be, and then they come in and get 20 pepperonis, you know, there's a letdown. What's up, Zach Oteer, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Nick Bogaz, who has over 20 years experience in the industry, owner and founder of the seven location Caliente Pizza and Draft House, author of the Pizza Equation, host of Business Equation podcast, and world pizza champion team member. Nick, quite the intro, man. You've done a lot of stuff and it all sounds yummy. Uh, thanks for joining us on Give an Ovation. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for thinking of me and thanks for having me as a guest today. So between your, I know you do a lot of speaking, you got your podcast, you got your book, you have seven locations. I guess the question is what keeps you busy? Like how do you, how do you manage all that stuff? I think the key is you don't think about it all because when you start to think about everything you're doing, you start to get overwhelmed. So I, I think, uh, you know, I make a lot of lists. I keep everything that's uh, important and I work on the important things and, and uh, having a great team around me definitely goes, goes far. And I think that's really what it comes down to is when you communicate well with others and build that team around you, uh, all things become possible. I love that. What, what do you think has been um, some of the most important hires you've made as, as you've been growing your, your business? I think thinking of the infrastructure, the way that you build a business is you have to have in mind what you want at the end, or mm -hmm. at least what you want in a certain time period, because maybe you don't know what you want at the exact end, but maybe you could say, okay, what do I want in the next five years? And then you build towards that. And I think that's what we did when, back when we had two stores, um, we knew that we wanted to have more than two. We thought that we wanted to get to at least five. So how do you get to five? I needed to bring in somebody that could run the day-to-day -day operations, uh, shore up the menu, work on um, the food costs, work on the labor costs. Also, somebody that could touch the stores every day, knowing that I was going to be working more on the back end. So I brought in um, a regional chef at the time, and uh, he's now our director of operations into this next phase as we grow uh, from the five stores out to 12. I also, at the time we had two stores, brought in a uh, back office executive uh, assistant who, who started as uh, working our way to take over the books for myself at two stores. And now really um, she's our regional office uh, executive and she's basically in charge of all human resources and everything that uh, anything that comes on paper goes through an email, goes through her. So that's, um, and, and her office is built out. She has a, an assistant now as well. And, um, you know, just making sure that we've got the right infrastructure. At some point, we, um, I was doing all the marketing and I realized that, you know, I couldn't really um, do all the marketing myself. So we had a, a employee who'd been with me for three years, was going to just finish her college degree in the marketing department and asked if we would uh, hire her. And I said, you know what, uh, I've got so many different marketing ideas in my head and can't get them all out. So we created a marketing department. So I think- Awesome. Um, yeah, as you start to think those different ways and bring in different uh, people that can help you grow, that's that's when um, 
great things can happen. Love that. I think that it's, it's so important because really what is a business, but a collection of people. Right. And, and I think that it's so um, that's like so common to hear, but usually the things that are really common to hear, you know, that they're good, right? Like they've withstood the test of time. And I think that's uh, that people really do make the business, you know, and I think that's a really important thing to also, you know, I, I, Stephen Covey, start with the end in mind. And I like how you said that of, it doesn't have to be the end, end game, but like, what do you want for the next few years? You know, I love that. It's important to lay that out. It really is. And I think where we found ourselves now is, you know, at five stores, we knew we wanted another store, but we weren't really clear on what we wanted. And um, we had set to open one April of 2020. Everybody knows what happens in March of 2020. So we, So we put that, uh, that store just, we killed that deal. And, um, you know, the whole time through COVID, we kept talking about, we're going to come out with a clear vision and, uh, and a game plan. So to show our employees, like, Hey, this is a place where you can uh, plant your flag and really build a career. So we decided to go ahead and um, open two stores. And then we also bought a commissary building where we can do a lot of our operations there. So what, what that does is that's more infrastructure, gives us a place to have an actual office building where we can put all our executive people in one building yeah, so we can meet uh, daily and weekly. It also gives us a place to streamline the operations, and it gives us a place to say, okay, we can now go from these seven, seven stores that are open to 12, and, and that's our goal over the next five years, the story year. And uh, we just recently built out a training department. We, we didn't, that was another part that we really didn't have. We, we had some, of course, with five stores um, going on six and seven, you've got training thoughts and processes in place, but actually having somebody dedicated to it and building out a training department um, goes a long way. So we have, have done that part of uh, building infrastructure lately as well. Love that. Now, in talking about this infrastructure and these processes, I saw a recent LinkedIn post from you um, and a recent podcast you did that's talk, talking about tough customers, right? You're, you're based in PA. And look, you know, I'm from Jersey. You're from PA. We know that people were from, aren't the you know, they're not, they're not the softest shell to break through, right? You get some pretty tough customers out there. Um, but, you know, I thought it was really interesting. You talk about how do you deal with tough customers and, and the challenge of the fact that all of this laundry tends to be aired online and through these online reviews. Talk, talk about some of your thoughts around that. Well, it's really easy to take everything personal. I think that's what you have to do first. You have to step back and realize that you, you don't have to take it personal, that that sometimes there's people that have uh, concerns and and things that have happened, uh, the process of when they try to order from you or the actual overall experience, it, and it's legitimate. And I think uh, if you don't take it personal and you you deal with it the right way and make it correct and really listen to them because that's what they want. They want to be heard. Uh, they want a sincere apology. Uh, they want to know the how you're going to resolve it. You're not asking them how to resolve it, but you're actually resolving it. Yeah. Now like, Hey, whatever, what do you want me to do? Right. Right. But it's like, yeah. And, and then whatever you do, you actually, you make sure that if the way you're going to resolve it, you follow through with it. And I think that's what people really want. Um, specifically when you've got a customer that you feel like they're just tough on everything. You know, I've got a, I've yeah. got a good friend that just is, is uh, you know, he's hard to please <laughs> with everything, <laughs> all his experience. You know, we joke about it. He's been my friend forever. And um, my best friend and we, we, jo we joke about it, but I know if he comes and tells me like, Hey, 
this this place has the best hamburger then i know it's it's been uh it's been battle tested by him and that yeah it probably is the best hamburger and the best service and whatever it is because he's not going to say that so my my thought is how as a company do you, when you get these tough customers how do you go ahead and please them because when when they their word of mouth becomes positive towards your business it's a great word piece. And I think um, the people who know that person understand that when somebody, when they're giving praise, it's real praise. So yeah. that, that's uh, the power of, of uh, word of mouth really is when, when it's coming from somebody that usually has something negative to say, and when they start saying positive things about your business, it goes a long way. Well, and I think online, one of the great things is that those positive reviews that really does help your business grow. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people misunderstand that, um, that it's just like, Hey, something that's out there. Um, and you know, no one cares about it. It's like, none of your online reviews are, you know, outside of, outside of like the experience that the guests have, that is like probably one of the most important things about your brand, because when's the last time you went to a new restaurant and didn't read the reviews, you know, or at least didn't, if you didn't read the reviews, it probably is because your best friend told you about those burgers and so you're like, shoot, let's just go, right? Um, now, pizza, though, pizza is something that's very interesting. I love pizza. It is like, you know, my wife and I have perfected just like making our pizza at home. And, and we, we love making it. We love eating it. I uh, will eat pizza probably four times a week. Um, but you go, I, and I go to expos and, and speak all over the country, but when I go to the International Pizza Expo in Vegas, it is very clear that pizza is not a food. Pizza is a religion that you happen to eat, right? My, my, my question, Nick, is why? What makes pizza a religion as opposed to just like a food? I think when you think about all the different uh, foods out there and you think about ways that you could celebrate and you celebrate with food, a lot of times I think that's in our culture what we do. And whether it's that first really good report card, or maybe it's after a sporting event, or maybe it's after a, a choir concert when you're a young kid, you know, a lot of times it's, it's you're treated to pizza. And, and that's what it is. And the, the excitement, you know, and if you've got a lot of people over for a big game and you're excited to watch it, uh, you're ordering pizza. And I think it's always just been that food that helped us in our culture celebrate. And we've always celebrated with pizza. And I think um, it's one of those things that... Um, you can really, if, if you've been gone from home for a long, long time, because maybe you're on a, a different journey now and you go back home and, and you eat the pizza from your childhood, you're just put right back there. And um, just as soon as you start tasting it, it's just something about it. And uh, sure, you know, you've had better pizza um, along your travels, but when you eat that pizza from, from your childhood, it just takes you back. And it's, it's also part of your, you know, may not be the best dough or the best sauce, but it's that pizza you grew up on and it's one of your favorite pizzas. So I think it's just unique in the, in the way that, that um, it's ingrained in our, our culture. And I think it's just, um, that's really what I fell in love with. I, I had a lot of those um, feelings as I, I grew up. And then when I just happened to start delivering pizzas at 17, I just absolutely fell in love with, with the pizza business the same way that many people have fallen in love with pizza. Yeah. Love that. Cause, and it totally is too. It's, it's something where all of those things you're talking about uh, you're bringing people together. Right. And you know, you get slices to go sometimes like in New York and places like that. But usually when you think of pizza, you think of 
coming around, coming together. And it's like, there's always this, this group mentality. And yeah, sure. When I was in college, did I sometimes get a, a little Caesar's pizza, and not share it with anyone? Yes. I don't really think I could afford to do that anymore at my age, but you know, that, that was something where uh, it is like that community and that pizza and that, that nostalgia. I love that idea. Now, in, in terms of pizza restaurants, and as you look at, you know, the, the people that you interview, the restaurants you talk to as you speak at these different conferences, um, and from your own experience now with seven locations, what do you think are some of the biggest or most common mistakes that you see pizza restaurants make? That's a good question. I, I think when you start to think of common mistakes, um, specifically in pizza, I think for for owners who just start to operate, I think that they they realize that, hey, for whatever reason, they want to open up a pizza restaurant, but they don't do the real research on what, what it goes in to actually operate a pizzeria day in and day out. Um, it's not somewhere where you're sitting down behind a computer screen. You're, you're on your feet. You're, you're there every day. You're, you're really working the line. I, I, think, uh, I think for a lot, of, a lot of people, they get surprised at how much work it really is. Um, sure, there's you know, the, the research that goes into how to make the product and how to make the correct dough and, and the sauce and the cheese. And there's a, definitely um, methods to, to those. And I think they're very, very important. But I, I also think that there's the, the strenuous side of it, of how much does it take to, to really physically um, run this operation seven days a week, and you're counting on a lot of other people. So I, I think, uh, you know, mentally, you have to be in the right spot to really get into the restaurant business uh, in general. Yeah. And, and uh, from my experience being in the business, um, you got to be a little crazy. You know what I mean? Normal yeah, people don't. That. Yeah. Normal people don't go open restaurants. It's crazy. But we, I, I think there's just something about, and that's what I love about restaurant tours. And uh, what I loved about working in restaurants was like, y- you deal with such fun people, people that are unconventional, people that didn't want to take the traditional route and become that CPA. Uh, or, you know, I work with some former, what I call recovering CPAs uh, who now own restaurants, you know, and uh, love that. I think that, I think that's something that's super important to think about is like, yeah, it definitely is a lot of work to do it. Now, in, in terms of the guest experience, this is something I, I uh, have heard you talk about. I've seen you post about. What, what do you think are some of the most important aspects about the guest experience nowadays? Well, expectations. You know, they, everybody before they come in, they have an expectation, especially with online marketing. You know, when you're when you're working your Facebook and you're putting these pictures out of great food, mm. uh, you know, people that's what they expect. You know, if you're you're put, maybe. Um, back in the day, they, they realized that, you know, the Pizza Hut commercial where they're pulling the cheese, you know, six feet in the air. And then <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that was glue and everything else. Like people understand that. But when you're a, a small local um, restaurant and you're putting out great pictures of your food, they expect to come in and, and eat the same pizza or the same burger that you're showing on on Facebook. So if they come in and you're showing, uh, you know, a great looking pizza with 50 pepperonis or whatever it may be. And then they come in and get 20 pepperonis. You know, there's a letdown there. And, and I think it's that's called catfishing and dating, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> the same thing because I, you know, if you're going to have those great pictures on your Facebook, you have to have those great, the, the same thing coming out of your kitchen when they finally do show up has to be the same. Love that. And what are some successful things that you've tried lately? You know, lately, I think what we've tried that it's been great is going on uh, plant-based. Um, 
and oh. we've, we've got a, a vegan cheese and then we've been using happy little plants, pepperoni. Um, it's a Hormel product and it's, it's just a happy little plants, an offshoot of Hormel and they have a chorizo sausage. They have, um, like I said, the, the pepperoni, they're all plant-based and I think uh, it's here to stay. I really don't think that um, it's not, you know, people are really thinking about what they're putting into their bodies. And uh, if you can come up with a, a good product, you know, we now offer a pepperoni pizza for vegans. So, so I think that's uh, you could never think and say that five years ago, but yeah. you know, our dough and sauce has always been vegan free, uh, vegan friendly. And now the, the cheese is a vegan cheese. And now we put uh, happy little plants, pepperoni on it, which is a vegan product. And I think uh, it's worked really well for us. We've also tied into um, local Facebook groups that are vegan friendly. And uh, as soon as we let them know, hey, we've got this uh, product, we're talking about groups that have 7,500 people on there. And they're just, um, you know, happy to repost everything. And when people come in and, and they try the product and they, they enjoy it, they go ahead and repost in the group. And it's uh, worked out really well for us. That's a great idea. Yeah, because if you think pizza's a religion, I'm vegan. Whew, oh, yeah. That's like, <laughs> you know, that I, I uh, yeah, that's that's preaching right there. Um and, and lastly, Nick, who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who's someone that we should be following besides, obviously, yourself? Yeah, so Will Grant out of Bainbridge, uh, Washington. He's a good friend of mine, a member of the World Pizza Champions as well. And uh, he just started up a, a school for, for uh, pizzeria operators. And uh, he's one of, the, one of the three, I believe, uh, in, in all of the country that's um, certified to be a pizzola and teach you uh, your, your ways of operating pizzeria and, and uh, actually dough and, and uh, the science behind it. And he just, uh, within the last year, I believe, uh, finished up in, in Italy and now he's a certified instructor. So uh, you need to check out Will Grant at That Some Pizza. And um, yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. And, but Nick, how do, how do people find you, follow you and, and where can we buy the book, The Pizza Equation? Sure, The Pizza Equation, catch on Amazon. Um, you can find um, Caliente Pizza and Draft House at worldsbestpizza.com. You can uh, check out uh, nickbogaz.com. And you can also, of course, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social handles. And um, yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Zach. I really appreciated it. Well, Nick, for giving us the equation for success in the pizza biz, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for uh, joining us on Give Innovation today. Thank you. Wonderful. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.